Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated, church. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Hmm. Hallelujah. So I pray you all had a blessed Christmas. Another Christmas gone and done. Can you believe it? It's, I'm telling you, it's crazy. If you didn't have a great Christmas, I pray you have a fantastic New Year. Amen. And even if you did have a great Christmas, I pray you have a fantastic New Year. So um, about three years ago, I saw a news story, and it resonated with me. Um, I've preached once before on someone in the royal family. I don't know what it is about this family, but I guess they just kind of crack me up sometimes. And um, do I have my PowerPoint up? Are we ready for that? There we are. So we go to the next slide. This is Princess Charlotte. And she is a bold little thing. I pray for her parents as they raise her because I think that she has very much a mind of her own. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just needs to be tamed. This shot here was her and her family when her little brother Louis was born. They were taking him into uh, the chapel, St. James Palace, and that is the royal chapel where all royal children are dedicated or christened. And um, she's walking, she's holding her dad's hand, and she is walking in, and she is looking at, obviously, someone taking a picture of her. So there's people videoing, there's photo photographers, basically the paparazzi. And she looks at them, and she says, you're not coming. <laughs> and when I saw that, I said, you go, girl. You tell them exactly who you are and who they are. And she said, you're not coming. And so that resonated with me because I thought, you know, as children of the living God, we can look at our enemy and say, you're not coming. So we are going into a new year. And I was talking with Johanna before service. God gives us mile markers. God doesn't need mile markers. God is eternal. He doesn't need those remembrances. But he gives that to us because it helps us. And so we're going into a new year. We're marking a new date. And we can look at the enemy and say, you're not coming. You are not welcome in my life. You have no authority over me. And you're not coming. Pastor John preached a message a few years ago um, called Princess Lessons. And I can tell you, Princess Charlotte has taken princess lessons and lots of them. But as children of the living God, our princess lessons teach us who we are in Christ. That we do not have to take the nonsense the enemy throws our way. So I want to explore with you how we, for every moment 
of every day, of every week, of every year for the rest of our lives, we can look at the enemy and boldly and confidently declare, you're not coming. So we do have a real enemy. And he is relentless. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Paparazzi. This guy is a pain. And he makes it his job to be a pain. But remember, even Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. He was hungry. He'd been fasting for 40 days. I mean... I go 40 hours and I'm done. He's gone 40 days without food. He is very weak. Remember, he was a man. So he was subject to those things that um, torment the physical body. So he was very hungry. And the enemy comes in in his weakness and begins to torment and tempt him and say, come on, you just all you need to do is this and you can have this. But Jesus remains sinless. So we can take confidence and boldness and assurance in the fact that Jesus really does understand our struggles. He was tempted in every way we are, but remains sinless. Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. In every way, just as we are. Think about that. He understands. He did not come and walk this lofty royal existence as the king of kings and lord of lords where nothing could touch him. He came to earth to be touched with all the feelings of our infirmities, to deal with everything that we deal with in this life, and yet walk as an overcomer, to overcome it, remain sinless, and then pay the price for us so that we could walk in that same boldness and that same assurance and that same confidence of who we are. As Pastor John said, he was born to die. That's what Christmas was about. He came, Emmanuel, God with us, born to die. Our enemy is also very dedicated. In Revelation 12.10, it tells us, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. Day and night. This dude does not take a break. He continues to hammer us day and night. But the good news is God never takes a break either. And he's so much more powerful than anything the enemy can throw. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. He never goes away, and he doesn't sleep, and he doesn't stop defending us, and he doesn't stop helping us. He doesn't stop advocating for us. He is for us, church. You know, our enemy is also pretty pushy. (laughs) He's just pushy. Paparazzi, man. Zechariah 3. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest. This is a vision of Joshua. Standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. 
the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not, is this man not a burning stick snatched from the fire? Aren't we all snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. That is what happens to us when we accept the work of the cross. When we say, I accept you, Jesus, as my savior. I make you my Lord. This is what happens, church. But Satan standing right next to him, man, this dude is bold. It takes a lot of nerve. But the Lord rebuked him. So he may stand next to us, accusing day and night. But the Lord says, the Lord rebuke you. You're not coming. Then in Jude, we read um, in 1.9, but even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. So even the angels follow the example of the Lord. And this is an example we can follow. The Lord rebuke you. That is sufficient. Scripture tells us that Satan was Lucifer. He was a beautiful being, an angel that fell out of favor with God because of his pride and rebellion. He chose to rise up against God. And now he is destined for eternity without God. And that does not make him happy because he thought he was going to be God. We do not have to have fancy formulas, long-winded prayers to tell him that he's not coming. Simply the Lord rebuke you is sufficient because we serve a powerful God. He's given us all the power and all the authority that Christ has. Think about that, church. All. Okay. John 14, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. This is Jesus talking and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Anything we ask for in his name, and I'm not talking about Mercedes and that sort of thing. This scripture is talking about establishing the kingdom of heaven here on the earth. And when we declare the things of God to be so, we can ask in his name for anything and he will give it to us. Why? Because we have the same power and authority. We will do greater things. I don't know what that means. There's a lot of speculation, but I just know that word means greater. And God honors us by giving us his authority and his power. What an incredible honor it is. Do you understand that God delights in partnering with us? He does not despise our imperfections. He does not look at us and say, you don't measure up. You're not good enough. He doesn't do that. That's a lie from the enemy. That's the enemy telling us we're something we're not. God tells us, you have the same authority and the same power as I have. We get to do the same works and greater than Jesus. Again, I don't know what that means, but that's pretty powerful stuff. And we can walk in that authority. He has equipped us for the fight. Okay, now that means there is a fight, unfortunately. That means there's a fight because we have a relentless enemy. But as we can see from Scripture, we do not have to take what he dishes out. He has fully equipped us. Let's look in Ephesians 6. 
finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. What is that? We're going to read. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God." So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So the armor is available to us, but we got to put it on. So the belt of truth... That word truth means divine truth revealed to man. God is not keeping secrets from us. He is sharing divine truth with us. Why? Because he loves us and he chose to partner with us. He is giving us the ability to do all things in him. The breastplate of righteousness. That word righteousness means special justification or equity. In other words, we have the same power and authority that Jesus had. We have equity with him because he chose to give us his righteousness. We can't walk in our own righteousness. We don't have righteousness. But when we accept the righteousness of Christ in God, we are powerful, powerful powerhouses for the things of God. We do not have to settle for less than what God has for us, church. Readiness of the gospel of peace. This has the connotation of firm footing with the idea of being prepared. We have to be prepared because we know we have a real enemy. But when we're prepared, when we walk with firm footing, knowing who we are, a sureness of who we are in him, we can do powerful things. You know, I find personally for me, um, daily time with the Lord. And even if it's a really busy day, I still then set the alarm earlier, but have time with the Lord. Because when you do that, especially for me, I love worship. I love worship. And I'll put on YouTube of, you know, different um, worship songs that I love and just worship the Lord. And it just prepares me. It gets my mind in a place where I'm ready. I'm prepared to do the things of God and to, um, Uh, buffer the things of the enemy. So the shield of faith. Faith is basically trust and confidence in God and that he is always good. And so as we get to know God more and more, as we grow in him, we become more and more assured that he is always good. The helmet of salvation is the idea of applying what God did. We don't walk around like clueless victims, but we recognize what he did for us and who that makes us. Think about that. It tells us who who we are in him. And then the sword of the spirit, literally the word of God. What a precious gift it is to have the written word of God in our lives. The word sword in the Greek has a connotation of machete. 
That's a pretty vicious weapon. And we're not to use it against each other, obviously. We don't war against flesh and blood. We war against the enemy, but we can shred his lies. We can shred what he stands for when we use the word of God. Prayers and requests. So isn't that the same thing? Actually, it's not. Prayer has the connotation of conversation with God. Requests or supplications in the King James is asking for things, contending for things, believing God for things. And that's a good thing. Praying for the salvation of our loved ones, praying for healing of our bodies, praying for our minds to be delivered from torment. All of those things are valid. But God doesn't just want to be Santa Claus. He doesn't want to just give us stuff. He delights in giving us stuff, but he really delights in talking to us. And so that's what prayer is, is talking to God, spending time. And a lot of times what I find is I'm just talking, 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 and God is like, I can't get a word in edgewise. Can you just stop for a minute? And it's like, okay, yes, Lord, yes, I will stop. And sometimes it's difficult, but if we stop long enough, we'll start to hear him. Some people, and I can tell you, I have heard this so much recently in counseling. I don't really hear from God. And I can tell you that's a lie from the enemy. That is not true. You do hear from God because he loves you and he speaks to you. Part of the problem is, though, that the things of the world sometimes can crowd his voice out. The concerns on our hearts or the things that we're just consumed with in our lives can crowd out the voice of God. And so... One of the things that I have found, and I have told people this, and it's really helped them, is to practice. So this is one of the methods that I've used over the years and others have used, as I've um, told them. And they found it really effective. And I, I'm going to tell you, because I hope you'll use this to practice hearing God's voice. I usually use the book of Psalms, and I pray, and I say, Lord, where do you want me to read? And I'll hear a number. And then I'll go to that number in Psalms, whether it's Psalms 150 or Psalm 1 or anything in between, and then I read it. And I have had many people tell me that that really helps them practice to hear the voice of God, that that scripture spoke specifically to something they were going through, or it touched their heart, or it ministered to them in some way. But that is a way that you can find out that you do hear from God. He does talk to you, and through his word is a powerful way for him to speak to you. You know, Satan has two basic weapons, basic weapons, lies, and temptations. That's pretty much what he does. If his lips are moving, he's lying, and he is trying to get you to do something that is beneath your station in God through temptation. Um, he will lie to you about who God is and who you are to God, and he will tempt you with things that he knows hurt you and that you are easily influenced by. See, that is one of the things. Satan is crafty, and he knows your buttons. Your buttons may be different than my buttons, but he loves pushing buttons. And so if he doesn't know for sure what your button is, he'll find it because he'll just keep pushing buttons. Because remember, he's there day and night, and he never stops. He is relentless. So if we walk with the weapons that God has given us, the full armor, and refer back to that scripture in Ephesians 6, the full armor of God, when we use that, 
Through it, we get to know God. We get to, we get to kind of test our weapons and see how they work. We get to know who we are in him. And then it's easier for us to recognize the enemy's lies and the things he tempts us with will become less and less appealing to us. We will want the things of the world less and less because we have experienced the fact that they are empty, that they are lies, that they do not fulfill, that they do not minister to us, but God does. And so we are, it's easier for us to say, you know what, I don't want that because I know that that's not good for me. We are children of the living God. We are literally royalty in his house. We need to keep taking our princess lessons, church. As we do that, as we get to know who we are through his word, through prayer, through the different weapons and the um, armor that he gave us, we journey and we grow and we mature. That is his plan for us. He wants us to do the work of the ministry. We are all called to the ministry of reconciliation, drawing people into the house of God, drawing people into a relationship with God. That is something that we are called to do through our testimony, through our lives, through the things that God does in us. As people see the change in us, they desire that same thing. They long for it because we're all built to want God. And they may be looking in all the wrong places, but God wants to use you to draw them to him. You know, we do not have to settle for less, listen to this, than everything God has for us. We do not have to settle for anything less than that. Everything. Think about that. Everything God has for us is ours. Anything less we settle and we don't have to. Romans 8, 37 through 39. Now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have to be convinced of that, church. It's vital that we are convinced If you are not convinced, the way you get there is through long-term, intimate relationship with the God who was willing to come to this earth, walk as a man, walk on this mud heap that we messed up. You know, we sold the farm, church, in the garden. We sold the farm. But he says, I love them too much to leave it that way. I'm going and get my kids back. That's what he did for us because he loves us that much. And so we do not have to settle for anything less than everything that he did for us. Long-term, intimate relationship with God convinces you of his goodness. As you walk with him closely, day after day after day, you will begin to get to know him better in a more intimate way. I'm going to use Pastor John and Kathy as an example. I've known them since before they were married. And... um, I'm not telling stories here. I'm just telling you as I've watched them grow as a couple and the fact that their entire family is serving God attests to their relationship. But Pastor John has said on many occasions, I love her more today than I did when we first met. And let me tell you, he was smitten when they first met. He was smitten. 
But today, because they've gotten to know each other, they've walked in intimacy, they've served God together, they've gotten to know the goodness about each other, what they love about each other. And through that relationship, they now have a confidence of each other's love for one another. Why? Because they have proven themselves to each other. That is what we do when we walk with God. We grow in intimacy with him. We get to know him better and better. And I am telling you, there is nothing bad in God. Nothing. So as you get to know him more and more, you will begin to understand that he is for you. He is not against you. You are his child. You are his prize. He is proud of you. He loves you. He does not look at you and say, ew. He does not do that. The enemy hates you because you reflect the very character and nature of God. The enemy hates what you stand for. He can't get to God because God went like this and flicked him out of heaven. But unfortunately, while we're still alive on this earth, we have to deal with him. And so he looks at us and despises us because we look like God. And the more we look like God, the more he hates us. And the more I say, you're not coming. You are not coming. You're not coming into my new year. You're not coming into any part of my life because I recognize you, devil. I smell you coming. You are not welcome. The Lord rebuke you. Hallelujah. Lost my spot here. Matthew 28. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He promised not to leave us, church. How many times can he say it? But the thing I wanted to focus on in this passage all authority in heaven on, and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. Therefore means go because. Because I've given you all the authority that I have. He says, I have all authority and I'm giving it to you to go and do the work of the ministry. That is what he does for us. Why? I would think, and I know me well enough to know, I don't know if I was God if I would trust me with all that stuff. I can be kind of sketchy at times, and I don't know that I would be trustworthy of that. But God says, no, I trust you with it. I trust you with it. I love you. You're worth it. I trust you. So we have all things to do, all things in him, everything he promised. We also have the Holy Spirit and all the tools God has given us. But he said, when he ascended to the Father, he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and he did just that. So we have the divine power to destroy all of our enemies' attempt towards us, and we can take every thought. That's another thing about this scripture. Taking every thought captive. Oh, I'm sorry, next scripture, 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Do you understand when a thought comes, that is not sin. That's the enemy bringing a thought. Sometimes it's our experience and, you know, we're, we're questioning where we're at. That initial thought 
is not the problem. The problem is dwelling on it, mulling around with it, toying with it. And I can tell you, I am the queen of running the reel over and over like a newsreel, running it over and over. And this is something I have to really discipline in my life because when I let that, the thought will come. Remember, the enemy knows our buttons. So he knows what challenges you. He knows what tempts you. And so he speaks that and all of a sudden I get that happen and I'm, oh man, yeah, you know, right. That's, that's true. Yep. Because you know, Blah, 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 ad nauseum. And I run the reel. I have to stop that. I have to make the choice to put on that helmet of salvation to cover my brain and say, no, the Lord rebuke you. You're not coming. We have to walk in the authority and the power that he gave us. We also have the name of Jesus. Philippians 2, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Powerful, the name of Jesus, the most powerful name in the world. The world will often use it as a cuss word, but let me tell you, the attempt to demean it and lessen it doesn't work. The power of the name of Jesus is so incredible, the enemy shudders at that because he must bow at things under the earth, things on the earth, things above the earth. Every knee must bow to the name of Jesus. And so when we use that name, when we say Jesus, there have been times in my life that I have been so overwhelmed by what's going on. The only thing that I could do is call out the name of Jesus. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I just called on his name. I spoke his name over and over. There is power and authority that comes with that name, church. And when we speak it out, we are releasing the power of life and death is in our tongue. We release the things of God into the situation that we're dealing with. We release the things of God into those we're praying for. Jesus, I pray, Jesus, in Jesus' name, I declare this. Everything that God has for us, I declare it in Jesus' name. In Ephesians 1.21, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. So we look forward to an eternity with God. Thank God. We will have an eternity with God where there will be no more struggle. But in this world also, we can have everything. We also have the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, we read, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. A little side note, baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we're saved, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We have him dwelling in us. It's a powerful thing. I'm not making light of that. But there is more. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is an empowering, a filling, and overflowing of the things of God. Pastor John did a series on it um, on a Wednesday uh, a couple months ago. I encourage you, if you want to know more, go online and watch that. And we have prayer team members that come up after service. 
Ask them about, the, about it. Let them pray with you because this is a powerful thing. When Jesus left and he sent the Holy Spirit, he told them to wait. They waited in an upper room and the Holy Spirit fell on them and it was a powerful thing. And then they went forth into the earth empowered with the Holy Spirit. And so it is a powerful thing. Don't dismiss it um, because of things you might have heard or lies that you may have heard from the enemy. But I, I challenge you to explore it prayerfully and um, biblically. So basically, we have to know that we belong to him. He is so good, and he paid such a high price for us, and he has not changed his mind. We are still worth it. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God does not think that you're a waste of time. He does not think it's too late for you. Jesus paid the ultimate price for you. And think about this, church. God would not dishonor that sacrifice by giving up on us. That was such a high price for him to pay. And he did it for us. So why would he give up on us now? He doesn't. He loves that Jesus was willing to pay that price. And he wants us to know, he wants you to know you're worth it. Ephesians 2, 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. We walk with all the authority and power that he had. He paid such a high price. He paid such a high price. We can and must continue to tell our enemy you're still not coming. The Lord rebuke you. For as long as we are on this earth, we will face a relentless enemy. But God has not left us defenseless. He has equipped us well. We just need to put on that armor. We just need to walk in that knowledge and confidence. 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The enemy walks about like a roaring lion, but he is not a lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. We do not have to be afraid of the measly lion that walks about pretending to be powerful. Colossians 2.15, and, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The cross did the work. His suffering, his death on the cross paid the price for everything. Romans 16.20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Notice that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Not just God's feet, your feet. You know, the devil basically is toast. He just didn't get it yet, but he's toast. And God has plans for our enemy now and in the future. He's going to be under your feet. And then in the future, the devil who deceived them, this is Revelation 20, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever. Ha ha, there's that day and night again. So you want to torment me day and night? Well, my daddy says you're going to burn day and night for all eternity. 
So we do not have to worry about this enemy. God will take care of him as long as we walk in the authority he gives us. So yeah, God has a plan for our enemy, but more importantly, he has a plan for us. So we know that here and now he has fully equipped us. He has done a great work for us. He has given us everything we need to walk in authority. But listen to what's coming. 1 Corinthians 2.9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. If you love God, he has an awesome plan for you. If you don't love God, today's your day to get to know him, to ask him to be your savior, to make him the Lord of your life. He's here for you. He loves you. And it's no accident that you're hearing these words. So we can walk with confident boldness and tell the devil, the Lord rebuke you. You're not coming. Put up that next slide. <laughs> Look at that face, man. Now, this is about three years later. This is a more recent photo. And she is saying, you're still not coming. I love it. Like I said, man, her parents raising her. Holy cow. Help them, Lord. But this kid knows who she is. And she knows her authority. And she knows who she belongs to. And she walks in bold confidence and can say, you're still not coming. We can say as children of the living God, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Cry out on the name of Jesus. Walk in the full armor of God. We get to say that, church, forever. The Lord rebuke you. As we grow in the Lord, so should our confidence and determination. Here's the princess. We can enter the new year with this kind of determination for the paparazzi called the devil. We can walk into the new year with boldness of the lion of the tribe of Judah. But we can walk in every day with the confidence of who we are and every single moment knowing that the Lord has equipped us. We just have to walk in it. We have to make the choice. It's easy sometimes to go for that default setting in our lives. But when we refuse to walk in that default setting and we say, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to walk in the flesh. I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm going to trust who you are. I know who you are and I decide, I determine, I will know who I am in you by continuing a deep abiding relationship with him. Church, he's given us everything we need to do this. We just have to submit our lives to it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we give you all the glory and the honor that you chose to come to this earth when we sold out to the enemy, God, you said, I'm not settling for that. I love them too much. And so you came to be born, to ultimately die a sinless death for us. We thank you so much for that. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are and whose we are, God. We choose to walk in bold confidence and tell the enemy, the Lord rebuke you, you're not coming. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now today, if there's anyone here that does not know the Lord and you want to know the Lord Jesus, Here's your chance. You're hearing these words, and God has spoken to your heart. If you want to know Jesus, 
raise your hand to let me know that you want to know who Jesus is, that you don't know him, but you want him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. Thank God we're coming into a new year, and it is going to be awesome. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. The new year is going to be awesome. Amen. Amen. You're released. Go with grace. Go in power and tell the devil you're not coming. Amen. God bless you. Our prayer. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.